0: Welcome to the AEM Education and Training Podcast, a collaboration between Brown University Emergency Medicine and the editors of the Academic Emergency Medicine Education and Training Journal. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and here's what we've got for you today. If you're a physician, chances are you remember the beginning of intern year, even if it was a long, long time ago like it was for me. I remember it as both a time of abject fear and exhilaration. Like, I couldn't believe someone gave me a long white coat and an MD degree. I mean, what were they thinking? And at the same time, I couldn't wait to really grow into those things and be the doctor I'd always dreamed of being. Well, today we're talking about a paper in AEM Education and Training that brings that all back entitled, Hopes and Fears, a Qualitative Analysis of the Intern Perspective at the Start of EM Residency. First author, Dr. Corey Zink, is here with us to discuss it. Corey Zink is an emergency physician at the North Shore University Health System near Chicago. She recently completed a year as a medical education fellow and clinical instructor of emergency medicine at Johns Hopkins University. She received her medical degree from the University of Michigan in 2017 and completed an emergency medicine residency at Johns Hopkins University in 2021. We're thrilled to have her here with us to discuss this paper. And don't forget to read the full text of this article, which will be open access for a limited time. Dr. Zink, welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you.
1: Hi, thanks so much. Thanks for inviting me.
0: So your study focuses on the orientation for emergency medicine interns as they transition from medical school into residency, which is a very you know high stress and high excitement time for many. I, I recall yeah. <laughs> I recall that transition mm-hmm. myself. Um, but as you note in the paper, there is no standard emergency medicine orientation, um, but most programs do have time set aside for orientation. So what can you tell us about the existing literature on emergency medicine orientation?
1: Yeah, well, honestly, there really isn't much. Um, There's not a whole lot of literature about EM specific orientation or, or really much about residency orientation programs in general. And most of the studies that are out there are looking at how orientation programs build clinical skills and refresh medical knowledge, um, which I, I agree, it's all very important. But there's not much that looks at um, how different components of orientation could help make interns feel better prepared or more comfortable um, to actually start this whole new life and, and new career. Um, There's a couple studies on on the effectiveness of boot camp at the end of medical school, but again, that's really highly more clinical skills focused. And the rest of the literature just suggests that although there are lots of different orientation programs, some are only a few days, some are weeks and weeks long. uh, It's really just not not that much. Um, So there's definitely no standardized way to orient an intern into emergency medicine.
0: Okay. And you also note that data suggests that resident health and wellness declines over intern year. Can you tell us about that data?
1: Yeah, we, we looked at a couple studies to to support this for our paper. And um, one was a survey study. It looked at uh, health and wellness habits um, through surveys of interns and, and found that there was a really big decline during internship. And uh, and how residents took care of themselves. So they found that you know they were sleeping worse throughout entering year, exercising less, eating not as much, or not eating as healthy meals. And that trend actually didn't even improve during second year. Um, Another study we looked at was an interview-based study that showed increased fatigue and apathy throughout intern year. Uh, And then the biggest one we looked at was um, this large prospective cohort study that showed um, a big increase in depressive symptoms during intern year. Uh, It had a a really Mm -hmm. large sample size and unfortunately found that there was a a really big increase in um, depressive symptoms measured on the PHQ-9 and some other standard psychological measures. So overall, all those together, I think we can say that um, intern. are are not doing as well as they go throughout the year, which made us uh, motivated to want to look at how we could support them better at the beginning.
0: Mm, Okay. So you had two main objectives for this study. Uh, What were they? And how are you hoping this would add to what we knew, which isn't much, I guess, <laughs> about the orientation process for emergency medicine interns.
1: So here I have to give credit to to Dr. Linda Regan. She's the supervising author and really the creating author of the study. She spearheaded it about a decade ago um, and began data collection herself, um, you know, I think when I was probably just starting medical school, Um, and she began collecting this data at the beginning of intern orientation and then brought myself and my co-author, Dr. Corey Clugston, on when we were medical education fellows with her last year. Um, And together, we looked at the data she had and kind of came up with the objectives that that we felt would be most meaningful to us. Um, we found that we were just really interested in looking at some of these heightened emotions that uh, interns are feeling during this big transition. Um, you know, at, it's a very anxiety-provoking time. There's so, so much building up to it in medical school, you know, the idea of matching where you want, getting into residency, being in the right place in the right field, and, and then suddenly you're a doctor and you have all this stress and anticipation mm-hmm. around that. Um, So for us, we wanted to really understand the specific things that our interns were really excited about in this transition and then also what they were most afraid of. Um, We were hoping that we could identify some themes and highlight those during intern orientation to support the things that they were excited about and help build enjoyment and comfort and, you know, get them really ready and into this new role. Uh, And then I I would argue more importantly, we wanted to know what they were scared of to help provide some concrete education and support around those topics at the beginning um, to help us wash some of those fears and make people feel really ready to become a doctor. Um, And then, of course, we were expecting there to be some common themes everyone would be afraid of. And now knowing those, we can directly address them and and bring those into an orientation program. Um, So and then other than that, we wanted to our second objective was to uh, actually be able to make curricular recommendations for other uh, program directors and APDs who are helping create these intern orientations for their emergency medicine interns.
0: Awesome. So just as an aside, do you know, either for you or for anyone else on the study, were there was there a, like a particular experience during, orient- during orientation that led your team to want to study this topic? Well, I
1: think, you know, for me, the thing that made me really, when we were looking at different projects we could possibly do during this year, uh, the thing that made me most interested in this project was this memory of walking into the orientation room on my first day, being a fresh intern and looking at my peers and just assuming that I, you know, that no one else was as scared as I was or as anxious as I was and that everyone must be smarter and more accomplished and fearless and mm. and I think when I talk to other people about this it sounds like everyone has that same sense you know we all have this big imposter syndrome so I think that you know this study in particular kind of gets to the heart of the anxiety surrounding that big transition um, but in, in a, a practical and usable way um, so that's why I wanted to come on to it um, dr Regan as I mentioned she began the data collection a, a long time ago and and I think, you know, I, I, can't, I can't speak directly for her, but I, I've known her, you know, quite well over the last more than half a decade now. And I know that a lot of her motivation for things like this is to just care for people and be able to support her learners as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So my impression is that she, she started collecting this information to figure out how she could um, really just support her residents in her intern orientation as best as possible.
0: All right. That's wonderful. All right. So just tell us a little bit about your study setting.
1: Yeah, So this was a single-site study. Um, This was at the Johns Hopkins Emergency Medicine Residency Program and Combined EM Anesthesia Program. Um, It's a four-year EM residency program, and then every year there's a few uh, in a six-year EM anesthesia program. Uh, Usually about 12 to 13 new interns each year in the cohort, and the data was collected from um, 2011 to 2019. And we stopped around the time of COVID because we thought that that would probably uh, really changed some of the things that people were afraid of. And, and uh, so that's when we cut it in 2019.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so your team collected data over those nine years, uh, starting with intern classes in 2011 up to 2019. What was the data collection process like?
1: Yeah, I love this data collection process, actually. It was simple. It was introspective. Um, I remember doing it myself. Uh, So what Dr. Regan did is on day one of intern orientation, I think even before we introduced ourselves to each other, we all kind of sat around in a circle at the table, Mm -hmm. and she passed out a blank note card and said, on one side, write the things that you're most excited about for starting residency, and on the other side, write the things that you have the most fear about. Um, and, you know, we didn't write our names on anything. There were no identifying features and no limit as to how much you could write. Um, most people just wrote a couple, like a bullet point list of three items on each side. And then we, you know, read them to ourselves only and then sent them back into to Dr. Regan. She kept them locked away in her office until we came out, you know, a few years later and said, all right, let's explore what we have here mm-hmm. um, and, and decided to analyze the data.
0: So interesting. Okay. Um, so... Tell us a little bit more about your data analysis and your methods.
1: Yeah, this was, for me, this is one of my first forays into coding um, and taking a huge amount of qualitative data and boiling it down into something, you know, meaningful. Uh, It's very time consuming, I have learned, but it was was pretty (laughs) fun, especially because people said interesting things on their cards, you know, we got to go through all of that and kind of slowly see where the themes were going to come out. Um, So we used an inductive approach to let the data guide us toward our themes um, for both the categories of the high excitement and high fear. Um, And so the three of us, uh, really, uh, Dr. Clugston and I started by coding 50 responses together just to make sure we weren't really going in wildly different directions. And Dr. Regan oversaw and helped us figure out, you know, when we had differences and what we thought things um, were fitting into uh, and and made sure that we were all on the same page. And then we did the rest independently. We were blinded from each other. Um, It ended up being, uh, I think, about 750 items that we assigned codes to. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we made this huge master list of the codes and we collected them into common themes. And did a frequency analysis of the codes for each theme to see which themes were the most prominent in both categories. Uh, and we, you know, we got together and uh, actually like had all these written out on note cards and pinned them all up together and matched them. And it was it was kind of a fun day um, to go through and see what we had come up with. And ended up with eleven themes for our high excitement category and thirteen for our high fear category.
0: All right, so let's let's talk about those themes. Um let's talk about the hope and excitement themes first. So tell us a little bit about the themes that you identified here.
1: Yeah, so for high excitement, the thing that stood out the most is is really not surprising. It was um, excitement over forming new relationships. So this is meeting new friends, meeting more, new mentors and mm-hmm. becoming part of a new community. Mm-hmm. Um, and which I think for all of us you know is something that we can remember that feeling of just like, I'm gonna have a new group and, and new friends and new people, a new yeah. family. Um, when we start residency Uh, and then after that our highest frequency items were um, to build and apply knowledge uh, and then gaining responsibility in in this new job being able to care for patients in a meaningful way. Um, there were some interns who said that they were really excited just to begin this next step in their lives and, yeah. and to have the identity as a physician. Uh, the, the white coat, actually, the long white coat came up a bit. So people hmm. really feeling like they were um, ready for this, this new identity. And, and now they were actually going to be a doctor. Um, And then some had some more practical things they were excited about, like being in a new city and finally having an income and just being able to work in the emergency department um, where that was their focus. And they got to really uh, hone in on their field that they were so excited to be a part of.
0: That's really that's really exciting. I can remember feeling some of those feelings. Um, Let's Mm -hmm. talk about fears now. Uh, What were the themes you found around this?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. There was actually a lot of overlap between the fear and excitement themes. And and we actually even had a couple people write the exact same answers oh, on both so sides of the card. <laughs> uh, yeah. It just kind of shows like how highly emotional that time is. You know, people are dealing with like both positive and negative emotions that are the same and just have two sides of the same coin, essentially. Um, but for us, the the fear that was most prominent was this work-life balance and burning out. Um, so, you know, our interns were really afraid they wouldn't have time for their family or to exercise or uh, to be able to do things that they enjoyed. Uh, and then they were afraid of working too hard or having too long of hours and, and having burnout from that. Um, and then another one that came up really close as a close second to that was making a clinical mistake and harming a patient, yeah. hurting someone. Um, And a a lot of them were afraid of not being able to remember things they learned in medical school or not having enough knowledge. Uh, And then looking inadequate or looking foolish in front of their peers was another pretty prominent.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. We all just want to look smart and cool all the time, apparently. It didn't work out like that for me, but
0: (laughs) hopefully (laughs) hopefully for your other interns that worked out great. Um, So how do you think emergency medicine program leaders can use this information? Like what should they take away from this study and then what should they do with that information?
1: Yeah, so this is really what we highlight in our discussion. And this was the favorite part of the paper to write up for me because we were trying to just take all of these themes that we come up with, all these many little uh, pieces of, of insight into our interns' minds that we had collected and make break it down into real actual recommendations. So we we broke it down into four categories for recommendations for um, what how we think um, PDs and AP, APDs could kind of uh, structure their intern orientation. So the first was people and places. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, our interns are really excited to be part of a new community. So we recommend that programs are fueling that excitement by creating social events, not only to get to know each other within you know, the intern class, the residency, and the emergency department, but um, creating opportunities to get out into the community. So the example we gave in the paper was um, something that we do, which is we take our, uh, at Hopkins, they do now, Mm -hmm. um, they take our interns out into a community tour of murals throughout Baltimore so that they're they're together, they're doing this fun activity, but it's also really like helping them bond with and learn about the community that they're Mm -hmm. serving. Um, the other cat, the next category was medical knowledge. So, this was, you know, an area of both fear and excitement mm-hmm. for our interns, and obviously is a hugely crucial part of any orientation to help, you know, uh, boost up medical knowledge and give opportunities to practice clinical skills. Um, and what we found when we were doing our uh, literature review for this is that interns enjoy and learn the best from these actual immersive experiences. So, The recommendation we made here was to create shadow shifts Mm -hmm. within the ed itself rather than just you know teaching through lectures um Mm -hmm. solely Uh, and then even having some buddy shifts if possible so like having um two interns together in one assignment in the ED, where they have slightly decreased patient responsibility and the support of each other, um, but and are just kind of thrown into the new shifts right away because they can be immersed in this way and still be learning new, and uh, be reminded, I should say, of um, clinical knowledge that they had learned in medical school. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, and then we had two more categories. So professional identity formation was a really big thing. So um, for this you know, we, we figured out that our interns are super excited to become doctors, but they're afraid of the responsibility that this entails. Uh, And, you know, I think that this is something that we just recommend addressing head on during intern orientation, uh, using that as a time to, to, you know, introduce cultural expectations, um, what it means to be a doctor, um, to let them know what, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, traditionally in the world of being a physician were accepted, such as, you know, using embarrassment as a teaching technique a long time ago that I think creates a lot of fear here. And so I think using orientation as a time for, you know, reporting policies and and having um, our interns know what to do if they're in this situation as a new doctor is important. Um, and then the last thing was we looked at, you know, emotional wellness and burnout. That was a big topic. I think it's just a big topic in all mm-hmm. of medicine. And we all know there's no magic bullet right. for this yet. But the big thing that that we have done and that we recommend is having early access to mental health resources. And we actually have a mental health counselor meet one-on-one with interns during mm. orientation just so that interns know that they're there and how to access them and that they're like a real thing and not just this number you can call if you're feeling down one day. So being explicit about that, I think is another really important um, part of uh, intern orientation. Wow, I think that's so fantastic. Those are our four big that's areas. That's fantastic.
0: Really, really great. I think those are some really very useful um, suggestions uh, and hopefully Thank some program leaders will take that to heart. Thank you so much for your time yeah. and your work. It was great having you on today. Thanks for listening to this AEM education and training podcast. Be sure to read the full text of this article available on our blog at brownemblog.com. Subscribe to all our AEM podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Search for AEM Early Access, all one word. Today's music is by Scott Holmes. I'm Dr. Gita Pensa, and we'll see you next time.